How are you guys doing this morning? A little better, all right. You tell them over there by the coffee table to come on in. <laughs> yeah, coffee bar's open, so everybody's getting some coffee. But hey, I can't say nothing. I do enjoy it. Hey, we're going to go ahead and get started this morning. If you want to go ahead and stand to your feet, we are going to pray this morning and just invite the Holy Spirit in. And we're going to pray like we're supposed to pray. So if you guys would just stand to your feet and agree with me as we go into this prayer. You guys will bow your head and close your eyes. Father God, we thank you for another day of life, God. Thank you that you allowed us to wake up this morning when so many people didn't wake up this morning, God. Thank you, Father, for the breath in our lungs. God, thank you that we get to be in this place, Father God. We're just so grateful, God, for a new year, God. Grateful for our children. Grateful for our family, God. Grateful for you, God. Thank you, oh God. We love you, Father God. Come on, begin to worship your God. God, we worship you today. God, we thank you today, God. We say you are holy today, God. You are worthy, God. You have brought me through the mud, through the thick and thin, God. You are worthy, oh God. You are holy, oh God. You are faithful, oh God. Come on, somebody start to say you are holy, God. Oh, Holy Spirit, come into this place right now. Holy Spirit, have your way. We want to encounter the true God. We want to encounter the presence of God today. Oh, God Almighty, there is no one like you, God. There is no one like you. We worship you. Come on, begin to worship your God. We worship you, God. Wherever you're at, in your house, on your couch, wherever you're at, begin to worship your God. God, we worship you today. We love you, God. You are worthy, God. There is nobody like you, God. Oh, Father God, we ask you in the name of Jesus that you would provide healing, God. Healing for this land, God. Healing for our family members, God. Healing for Alabama in the name of Jesus, God. Oh, Father, we ask that you would make a way, God. Make a way, Father God, in the name of Jesus, God. We ask that you would just provide supernatural healing in this place, God. Supernatural healing in this place, God. In the name of Jesus, Father. Oh, God, we declare that this land is healed in the name of Jesus. We declare that this land is free in the name of Jesus. There's freedom in this place, God. Oh, God, we ask that when people start to come into this building, that they would encounter your love, God. That they would encounter your presence, God. That they would encounter your peace, God. That they would feel their weight lifting off of their shoulders, God. In the name of Jesus, God. Oh, we thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you, Father. Come on, somebody say, we thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Come on, somebody say, we thank you, Father. Oh, we cannot stop thanking you, God. We can't stop thanking you, God. You are so good, Father. Oh, Father, you are so good, so good. Oh, when we remember who we were before we knew you, Lord, we can't but help to thank you, God. Hallelujah, God. We thank you, God. Oh, we thank you, Father. Oh, we love you, God. Thank you for saving me, God. Thank you for turning somebody so evil, God, to good. God, thank you for saving me, Father, when no one thought I was worth it. God, thank you for loving me when no one else could love me, God. Oh, I thank you, Father. I thank you. And I ask that you would bless your people today. God, give them a heart to worship you, Father. God, I ask in the name of Jesus, give them a heart to worship you. Not because they love the music, not because it sounds pretty, but because they love you, God. In the name of Jesus, Father, make us a people who love you and who love to worship you, God. Oh, we love you today, God. We thank you. 
we thank you in the name of Jesus and we give you this service today. Amen. Can somebody put your hands together? Come on. ready to lift up a shout in this place?
You know, you know when we sing together, there's power. And, and the reason there's power is because God's word says that uh, there's power of life and death in the tongue and those who love it eat its fruit. And so these words that we're singing, they, they, they go out in the air for just a second and then they're gone. But in that moment, words like worthy and goodness and truth and forgiveness and mercy. These are things that you cannot examine. You can't hold them in your hand, but they're nevertheless real because God says they're real. So as we worship together this morning, let the words sink into your soul as we sing them again and again. I love it. In, in Star Wars, there was this one character that said, the force is in me and I am one with the force. And if you re replace that with the spirit, spirit is in me and I am one with the spirit. And over and over you say that, it becomes a part of who you are, a part of your mind and your heart. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Here in this place 
the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run to him and are safe. Your name, Jesus, is a strong tower. And we run to you. And we are safe. You know, I always used to struggle time I heard the word talk about the righteous I always used to look at my heart and my mind and the things and the doubts that I struggle with and I was like but I, am I righteous you know like I didn't I didn't put myself there but the thing is Jesus did <laughs> Jesus makes you righteous yes so you can make that verse personal as a friend of mine told me to do and made me do many times. You say the Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and I will run to it and be safe. So no matter what this year may bring, the name of the Lord is your strong tower. And you can run to him. You, you can run to him. He has open arms. He will not refuse you. He will not refuse you. I have to tell myself that all the time. He will not refuse you. Hallelujah. He is a strong tower and you can run to him. Worthy is your name. 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 Worthy
God does so much for us. He gives us so much to set us up for success in this life. He gives us our faith. The word says he gives us our righteousness through Jesus. He gives us salvation. And yet, he never comes down and does the living for us. He always asks us to do the living. Part of that is that he asks us to draw near to him and he'll draw near to us. And that's what we're doing right now. We're drawing near to him in our minds and in our hearts. Hallelujah. If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation. Waiting here for you. Waiting here for you. You're the Lord of all creation, and still you know my heart, the author of salvation. Loved us from the start. Waiting here for you with our hands lifted high in praise. And it's you we adore. Singing hallelujah. 
sometimes he wants us to worship him. Sometimes he just wants to spend time with you. Sometimes you just have to surrender everything to him. So sometimes this might be a, a five-minute thing. You can walk in and his presence will drop. And sometimes, sometimes you might spend hours just worshiping him. And it's not that he's not there. in heaven and it's you
with somebody online and, and, and you needed to hear that. But I'm telling you, just because you haven't heard from him, just seek him. Continue, continue to seek him. Because you know, he's there and he's listening. And sometimes he's speaking and we're not listening. So, Father, we come before you today, God. We worship you. We love you. We praise you, Father. Oh, we just come come this morning just to honor you. Oh, Lord, and we love you. And we just lift you up this morning, God. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, come on. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on. Woo. Man, we serve a good God. Do me a favor. We're going to transition in and out. Find somebody that you don't know. Give them a knuckle or a high five or whatever you want to do. Uh, I'll be right back.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. Y'all just took that to a whole nother level. You guys just hang out, go get some coffee. Uh, do, no, I love that. I love that about our church. Like it doesn't matter when we, when, when we start service. It's just matter that you're here. That's all that matters. So, um, man, that's so good. So welcome to Destiny. Come on. Uh, <laughs> come on, you guys love your church? Come on. If you love your church, give a shout. Let's get Hey, good morning, everybody online. We love you guys, too. Let's give a shout-out. I'm going to wake you all up. So, so good morning. Let's give them a shout-out to online audience. We love you guys. We thank you. Come on. Uh, if you're new here, I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. Come on. We love you guys, and it's just it's amazing, man. I love to see what God's constantly doing. Uh, so if you're watching online and we know you can't be here, that's fine. Share this link. Get it out to everybody. It's live right now, but then it'll be... It'll be on the website, it'll be on the app, it'll be everywhere, so you can, you can share it later on if you want to, but make sure we get it out there. Uh, and if you're at home, remember this, as we go through this time, uh, we know there's all kinds, there's everything from the flu out there to a virus, whatever it might be. Remember, if you're at home and you're not feeling well, reach out to us, let us know. We want to pray for you, we want to help you, we want to do whatever we can. So, uh, but if you don't tell us, we don't know. That's kind of how it works. So let us know so we can reach out to you. That's, that's important. If you're new here or if this is your first time visiting, uh, do me a favor. There's a Connect card. You'll find those out at Connection Point or at Usher will bring you one. Uh, we just want to know you're here. Fill that out. Let us know. Uh, we're just going to send you a little letter in the mail. We want to call you. Just let you know we're praying for you. Let you know we care about you. That's it. We just want to let you know that you are uh, you are known here at Destiny, and that's what matters sometimes is that, that, that it's known that you were here. Um, man, we are in uh, the first day of our 21 days of prayer and fast. Come on. Is everybody excited about that? For those that aren't, you probably didn't know that. So you can start now. It all starts now. It all starts when you want to start. Uh, look, we, we get excited over this because for the last several years, every time we enter into a corporate fast like this, uh, and corporate fast means we do it as a church. So uh, where we have prayer directives, and, uh, and we're going to come together on Monday nights at 6 p.m. right here, guys, and we're going to worship, and we're going to pray together. And, and, man, God shows up in a mighty way. So that's what I love about that. Uh, that that's the corporate side. You can fast any time you want to fast. Okay, you don't have to wait for us. You can do a one-day fast, a, a two-day, however you want. In fact, if you're curious about fasting, out at Connection Point, the big wooden desk, go out there. I, I printed out all kinds of stuff. You want to know what fasting is, if you want to know certain fasts you can do, look, get on board. There's all kinds of things. But don't miss out on this because the Holy Spirit's going to move. God's going to move in this place, and, and you want to be part of it. I'm telling you because whenever people come together and we pray together and we fast together, great things happen. So that's what I'm excited about. So you're going to see that. You'll see stuff out on Facebook throughout the next 21 days, different people in the church sharing messages, um, reaching out to you and encouraging you. But I really want to see everybody here on Monday night. So if you can show back up on Monday nights, come on out, uh, worship with us and pray with us. It's going to be good. Um, and you got to understand that, that, that this doesn't, uh, when we get into fasting, you're not doing this so God loves you more. Like God can't love you any more than he already loves you. Okay, this is not about him loving you more. This is just you, okay, trying to draw closer to him, trying to hear his voice, trying to get all the noise that happens in the world, all that stuff out of your head, out of your life, and just make time for him. Okay, it's about making him the number one, putting him back in the number one priority in your life, and it's so good, and, and so I just love it. Uh, we love fasting here. It's great, so uh, join in with us. Join in with us. So um, Tuesdays, uh, so that's going to be Monday night prayer at 6. Tuesdays is our Tuesday at the table. So uh, anybody can come to that. Look, that's why it's Tuesday at the table. Look, everybody's welcome to the table. You never know what you're going to eat. You're going to get something. Okay, there's really no food here unless you bring it. But it's the word. 
It's the word. That's what matters, okay? But if I can get you here by saying there's food and then we feed you with the word, that's all that matters. So, uh, look, it, it is a lot. Uh, it's more intimate than this. You can ask questions. You can, you can raise your hand. We can talk about things, and we stay as long as we want to stay because we can just fellowship and do life together. So, um, so we're excited about that. Brother Daniel's bringing a word on Tuesday. Um, so good, man. He's been walking through just good stuff. You're missing out if you're not here. So just letting you know, we're not going to record it anymore. We're just... <laughs> just messing with you. I can't force people to come to church when there's a virus out there. Okay, they feel left out, but you can watch it online. So uh, come on out on Wednesdays, our teens uh, with Pastor Kevin and Crystal. Come on, um, they're starting back up this week, so they've taken the last what couple weeks off. Um, so they're going to be meeting this week, uh, Wednesday, six o'clock. Drop your teenagers off in here, uh, and then we'll have a children's ministry back in the children's ministry. So drop all your kids off, and then go do something. I don't know. Go find time for yourself. We're, we're going to talk about that uh, today. So we're going to see how you can find time to do awesome stuff. Uh, our young adults are going to be meeting again. So that's 18 through like 28. So young adults is a broad range. So if you're between 18 and 28 and you don't want to do life alone. <laughs> no, that's our children's ministry at 38. We revert back at that, at that level. So, so 18 to 28, be here uh, Fridays uh, at 6 p.m. over in the, uh, our small group room, which is the trailer thing on the side of the building, the Connex thingy. Um, so we're going to meet over there. Um, I don't know what that, Walk into that big metal building and just, it's dark. <laughs> we want you there. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I'm really, look, I, I'm messed up because, you know, uh, I started my fast uh, uh, you know, on different things a little early. And, uh, and man, God was just changing everything on me today. And I warned somebody today, I might get a little sarcastic. I don't know. Uh, bear with me because I'm all over the place because God just shifted all kinds of stuff on me. So I'm just trying to, to listen to him. So, um, so yeah, it might not sound so smooth today, but, man, I'm telling you, God's got a plan. <laughs> He's just got to show it to me. That's what I'm asking for. So come on, let's pray. We're going to get into the message. So, Father, we love you, God. We thank you, Lord. And God, we thank you for today. We thank you we can come out and worship you, Lord. We thank you we can come together as a family and worship you here, Father. So, so today, God, I ask you to just speak to me. God, fill me up with your word, God. Let it be all of you, none of me, Father God. And just let it, let it land on the ears and hearts of those that need to hear it. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen, right? So come on. It is, uh, everybody having a happy new year? All right, good. If you're three days into it. If you made a resolution, who's doing good? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Everybody's like, didn't he make it three days, man? Three days, you know. I was supposed to go to the gym. I ain't gone all three days, so I got it going. Like, I'm just going to continue that one right there. 365 days and no gym. I made it. I'm sticking with it. Uh, but I'm telling you, like, it's New Year's. I love what, what God's doing. We had a New Year's Eve celebration here, uh, which was phenomenal. Uh, we had five churches in the house, and we got to come together and celebrate uh, the New Year's and usher that in the right way. You know, we wanted to, to leave 2020, right, leave that season and enter into a new season, and, and we left it the right way. We were praising and worshiping God, and it was phenomenal, and then we ushered in the new year. So we just know it's the first time we've done it here, so I'm excited about that, and I, and I really like what I see. So we're going to do it again next year. We don't know where. It might be here. It might be at somebody else's church. It doesn't matter uh, because that's what it's all about is we just come together as churches and do that. That's just part of our vision. You know, that was uh, um, just where God's taken us in 2021. I know that. Uh, and that's kind of the vision he gave me in 2021 was unity. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of churches coming together. We're going to be doing life with a lot of churches. It's just not going to be about us. 
Okay, so our doors are going to be open. Other churches' doors are going to be open. You might, you might even show up one Sunday, and there might be a map on the front door saying, go somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know. We, we did it several years ago with a picnic, I think. We, we hosted our church picnic at, on a Sunday. And we just said, ah, just put a sign on the door. We had all these new guests show up down. They got free food and everything. They were like, they thought that was church. They came back. They were disappointed for a couple weeks. They're like, man, where is all the fried chicken? And it wasn't there, man. It wasn't there. So, but it's good. I'll fill you in one more thing I want to talk about. I want to fill you in just to keep you up to speed in the new year on our building status. So, you know, um, we are trying to purchase this building. We are in the middle of negotiations, uh, and we're really close. So, we're just hoping that God continues to move in that direction. Hopefully, within a month or so, we will be closing on this place and we can call this place home. Come on. Uh, we're excited about that. And, and, and I thank you all for that because you contribute. We're doing this through 2020. That's important to understand. Like, this is not like, this is when most people don't come to church. Uh, people just said, you know, if I'm not at church, I don't have to give. And, and they just kind of do their own thing. And, but because we have faithful givers and faithful family members, you know, you can see it here. This is, you know, we were running two services and, and we're down to this. But, you, but it's so nice because I see different faces every weekend. So it's not that people aren't coming. They're watching online, and they'll show up, and they have things. But people are giving, and people are supporting, and they see the vision. And because of that, guess what? We, get, we have an opportunity to purchase this building and have a footprint for good uh, called Destiny Church, and we won't have to, to do anything else. Come on. We're, I'm just sick of renting. Who's sick of renting? I am sick and tired of renting, and, uh, and we need to be better stewards of what, um, of what God wants us to do uh, with his finances. So that's so good. Um, a little bit about that. So here we are uh, going into this series. We entered into a series last week called One. Um, one. Uh, and it's all about oneness. It's all about unity. And I really thought this was going to be like a three, four-week thing, and then we were going to jump into something. And uh, that's not going to be it. So get used to that graphic. We're going to be here for a little bit. We're going we're gonna to take a seat here. And we're going to stay focused on this because I just believe God's going to do some stuff. So it's all about unity and maturity in the body of Christ. It's the oneness. It's the unity in the body of Christ, maturity in the body of Christ. And how do we do that? That's what it's all about. So, And it's not only about doing unity as our church. That's not it. It's not just unity in this church, fellowship in this. That's not it. It's unity, obviously, with other churches. It's, it's, so it's not just this ecclesia. It's the, it's the, the big ecclesia, the big church. It's, it's everybody doing life together, churches coming together, doing life together. That's how we conquer this. That's how we make it through in 2021. You're going to see a bunch of churches coming together. And it's not just that. This is, it all starts with the individual, okay? And that's what we talked about last week. We kind of said that, that you can't, you have to start with a oneness with God, right? So if you're not there, it is hard. And I told you this last week, and I think there's some people not here now. I said, <laughs> I said if you don't have the oneness with God, if you don't have a connection with him, a one-on-one -on -one connection with him, you can come to church all you want. It's not helping you. And I said, so, so get that right. Get a oneness with God, get a, and then get a oneness with your spouse or in your marriage or in your relationships, and then church comes in. Okay, church is actually the third priority. It's God and then your, your spouse and then church. So you need to understand if you're just coming to church and this is your one moment to get filled up for the rest of the week and you're not doing anything else, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad it's filling you up, but your jar gets empty real quick. It pours out real quick. In fact, I, I, there's a lot of people that they wake up Monday morning, they're like, wow, what just happened? Everything was so good yesterday, and I felt so alive. 
and, and they don't realize that it's because they're not spending time every single day in his presence, in his word, praying with him. So that's why this 21 days of prayer and fast is so important. Because now I'm, I'm asking you and, and I'm asking you to come alongside us and get into that every single day. Make a change in your life every single day. So, so what is your goal through this 21 days of prayer and fasting? Well, what is your game plan as you go through this? Whether it means you're going to start reading the Bible more. Maybe you're going to read this, find a book in the Bible. And if you hadn't read the whole Bible, try it. You can actually do that in 21 days. I know you can. You can. If you put time, you can just you can sit there. You can read it all you want. I'm asking you to study a little bit. Maybe if you've read the Bible, find a book in the Bible and just focus on it. Read read it every day for 20, 21 days and just let God speak to you through it. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's you need to establish a prayer life. Maybe you're like, okay, I just got to get better at praying every single day and surrendering to God. Maybe it's praying for your spouse. Maybe it's praying for your kids. But whatever it is, throughout these 21 days, I need you to focus on that and get better. Don't walk out of the 21 days the same way you walked into the 21 days. Okay, that's not the point. You just wasted a lot of time. Because we're supposed to, we're supposed to step this thing up. We're supposed to move forward as we go. So, so our our goal here is to reprioritize our life. Okay, over the next 21 days. That's, that's what I love about this prayer and fasting. It's going to get you in tune with what God wants you to do, and let you uh, reprioritize stuff. So, this is all about, um, you know, I think last week when we talked about this, we said, you know, you're the number one priority. So, it's for your relationship with Him. And for some of you, I said last week you were, you you were you were babies that just sat up. And we celebrated that, right? We were like, awesome. You, you took your first step. You sat up as a child. We clapped our hands. But now you've been sitting there for way too long. And you haven't moved. And as a parent, when your child sits up and they don't do anything else but sit there for months, you want to push them. You know, you, you, you throw carrots in front of them and cookies and you see if they'll crawl. Okay, so we want you to crawl. And if you're already crawling, we want you to walk. And if you're walking, we want you to run. And if you're running, we want you to keep that pace because you need to finish the race. That's what it's all about. And, and, and that's what we talked about last week. So, so where are you at on that, uh, on that, that line? Where are you at uh, so you know where you need to go? So you need to understand first where you're at if you're going to ever decide where you want to go. Okay, so that's what was important about last week. So this week, it's time to focus on the second priority, which is your family or your spouse. Okay, and this is where it started messing with me because I was like, man, this is, this is so good. And then I started getting into this, and I said, I cannot do this in one week. I can't do this in two weeks or three weeks or four weeks. This is going to be a process, okay? But it's so important that we understand that, that, that once you become one with God and you get that oneness with him and you're seeking him and you're married. So if you're married, this is so important that you understand your spouse, that, that, that you are one with your spouse, Okay, so and, and if it's not that, then maybe you're not married, then that's okay. So it's the goal of, of, you know, of how do you, with relationships. It could be relationships in your family. It could be relationships that you have at work. How are you in relationships? So it's still becoming one uh, with, with different things. So I'm going to sit here for a bit. And today I'm going to really cover a bunch of stuff real quick. So as I go through stuff, my goal is to start getting you going, oh, man. And then I'm probably not, not going to finish it. It, like I'm going to just give you a taste because I want you to taste a little hors d'oeuvre and then, and then come back for the meal later. So then every week, you know, it'll tie into one of the things I talk about today. So you're going to get a little bit today uh, and then hopefully one of these weeks in the upcoming year, <laughs> we're going to be able to capture uh, the, the meal, uh, the, the real food uh, that, 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 that leans into that. So our go-to verse on this, and my go-to verse is where I was reading when, when God just started speaking to me, and this one was out of Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. And it says, as a prisoner 
for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Okay, this is where it kicked off when I, when I started talking about this. Is, it's talking, this is Paul talking, and he's saying, look, as a prisoner of the Lord, so we belong to him. Okay, we are his, uh, and, and his job is to tell us what to do, and our job is to do it. Um, that's what it is when you're a prisoner. You don't have much say in it. Okay, so we're a prisoner to him, and, and he's urging us. So what he means is, I'm urging you. It's, he's passionate about it. He goes, you don't understand how important it is. Right? I'm urging you, I'm urging you to live a life worthy of the calling that God has set you aside for, that he's prepared you for, that he designed you for. It's so important. Okay, so be, and it says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And this is where it went from, from me and God in oneness. I was like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, I can just be one with God. I, I got it. Prisoner to him. God, you tell me what to do. I've done it, my, you know, the last 10 years of my life. God, you tell me what to do. I go do it. I said, that's easy. But then I started getting down this, and it said, be completely humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love. And I was like, oh, that's where I started running into trouble. And I said, man, that ties right into relationships. And I'm not good at that. So I was like, man, this is going to hurt. So, so even though I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to me. That's how God works sometimes. He says, man, I'm going to give you a word for you, but I think it's for a lot of people because we're human. And we all kind of deal with some of the same stuff. So, uh, so I think it's that important. It says make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, through that peace. And, man, I can, I can, I can dive into this in all di- different directions. But, man, I just know that we have to get our priorities right, okay, and, and we're going to move forward in that. We're going to get our priorities right with God. And now I've got to move on to this relationship. And I've got to start looking at everything, every relationship that I can think of. Um, because what we do with our lives what we do with our bodies matters to God. Okay, it matters. He, he put us on this earth in relationships for a reason because once we're his, our job is to help influence people, help direct people to him. Our, God, our, our job is to be his foot soldier on the ground when he says, hey, I, I'm going to put somebody in your path because I need you to pray for him. Okay, so, so it's really, it's us getting into this. We need to represent him in everything that we do. And especially in our relationships. So, and it doesn't just talk, I'm not just going to talk about marriage. This is so with our kids. Okay, I'll start with our kids. You know, we have to have a relationship with our kids. What's that look like? You know, some of us have older kids. Some of us are older and our kids are, are out and about doing their own thing. They're not in the house anymore. Okay, and you might you might have had a falling out. Maybe your kids didn't do what you wanted them to do. Maybe maybe they made they fell along the path. Maybe they didn't do things right. And it's easy to get discouraged as a parent because you're like, well, they're not doing what I told them to do. But that doesn't mean we put them on the wayside. That doesn't mean you say, okay, well, you're out of my life. It doesn't work that way. They're your kids. Okay, they're yours. <laughs> Forever. Like, you can't take that away. Like, they're yours. Okay, so Ephesians, I love this. It says, and that's with, that's with older kids, but I want you to think about your younger kids, the ones that are still in the house. What's that relationship supposed to be? How is that supposed to be there? We'll hit into this later on, but Ephesians 6, 4, you know, it says fathers do not, and it really says fathers, but it means, you know, you know parents, uh, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So as a parent, what are you doing with your kids? If your kids are in the house, how are you raising your kids? 
Are you, are you guiding them in the right path? Are you leading them down the right path? Are you, you getting them into church? Are you spending time with them in the Bible? Are you spending time with them, you know, talking about God? That's so important. And guess what? If they're not in your house, you can still do those things. It's easy to reach out to them and pray for them. And, but the problem is you got to get over and you got to humble yourself. Because sometimes you, you might have gotten an argument with your kids and you're not going to talk with them. That's it. When God says, no, you're going to humble yourself and come back and talk to him. You're going to humble yourself and go back and, and make amends and go talk with your children. So, um, so then after that, it goes with your parents. So, we're, you know, he, he, he wants us to honor him in our relationships with our parents. And this is huge because some of us, man, we just didn't have the greatest parents. And maybe they don't go to church and maybe they didn't go to church. So they don't understand the first one with the kids, <laughs> you know. So now you're dealing with them. And it's that, you know, and you're supposed to go back and, and have peace and love and honor your parents. So how do you do that? So if there's kids in the room, which I don't think there are, except for a little one back there, but just honor your parents. <laughs> when we were growing up, it was, uh, you always put a little, well, there were Walkmans back then, but, you know, if you put that on the baby or whatever, that's what they got. So just honor your parents, put it in their, put it in their head. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it says uh, Ephesians 6, 1 and 3, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Why do you do it? So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. I take that two ways. <laughs> like, honor me? <laughs> you might not live long. <laughs> that was my dad saying. So, or it's, guess what? God wants you. This comes right out of Deuteronomy. This is honor your father and mother. And, and, it, and there's just an honor there. So even if they've done things wrong to you, honor them. Now, that's tough. This is what I'm saying. I started reading this, and I'm like, I haven't seen my birth mother in 10 years. I haven't even talked to her before then. It was 15 or 18 years prior to that. And I'm supposed to honor her. That's tough. That's tough when you look back at pain and all the stuff you've gone through. So we're going to spend some time on that later. So with our siblings, how do you honor your family, your siblings? <laughs> yeah, this is a big one. This is really good, you know. But, but honestly, when you think about that, sometimes we fall away from our, you know, as you get older. You know, I think I talk to my brother and sister. I have a brother and sister that don't live here. I think I might talk to them once a year. No relationship. You know, we have our numbers, and I, I wouldn't know their number if it wasn't in my cell phone. But that's pretty much with my own kids. So. <laughs> their name doesn't pop up. I don't know who it is. Um, not anymore. But, but here's the thing. So you have siblings. So if you're, if you're outside the house, how's that relationship with your siblings? Because, whew, that's tough. But God says, no, 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 no. You're supposed to love them. So, so we have a lot of this going on. And if you're in the house and they're in the children's ministry, they need to love each other. That should be fun. Teach them that. That's part of the first one with your kids. Teach them how to love each other. But 1 John 4.20 says, Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Now you can take that into love your brother and sister in Christ. Or you can apply it to siblings. That's a great one. We'll get into that later because uh, the one I want to focus on today is how we represent God in our marriage, how we represent God in our marriage. And we're going to be on this one for a bit. So uh, this is this. So I'm going to 
kind of hit on some stuff uh, today with, with, with married life. And for anybody that's not married, that's okay. If you're not married, don't, don't walk out and don't fall asleep because this is so important because what we're going to talk about is a model. So if you're not married, this is a model of priorities of what to look forward to. Um, this is going to be something for you to start a new priority list as you're searching for somebody. This is so important. So even though I'm talking to married couples, that's what you should be looking for in a spouse, uh, whether you're young or, or divorced, whatever it is, whenever you're searching for somebody else, this is important, and this is where you start. This is it. Um, it's so important that you, you honor God with that relationship. So, so not even talking about marriage. I'm talking about dating. You need to honor God when you date. Because here's the thing. Dating is not just something to do to waste time. Okay, <laughs> dating is on purpose to see if you want to marry that person. So have your checklist. And when someone asks you out to go on a date, if they don't even meet half of those things, don't waste your time. Like, like don't go, well, I can change you. No, you can't. God can change them. But don't go into a relationship thinking, man, I am so full with the Holy Spirit that when I walk into this relationship, you're going to change. It's going to be good. Doesn't work that way. You know, if, and if you're, you're in that dating relationship, look, don't give up the goods. You know what I'm saying? That's just part of it, y'all. Like, I want to get real today. You don't give that up. That's hell for marriage. That's hell for commitment. Why? Because if they can get it without a commitment, they will. Then they can walk away anytime. Okay, so it's so important that, and, and we're, we'll touch on that later. <laughs> Telling there's a lot of stuff I'm going to touch on. It just might be later. Um, so, but I want to really hit on what oneness is in your marriage, what oneness looks like in your marriage. So we're going to go to Genesis 2.24. We're going to start from the beginning. And you've heard this before. It's also in other parts of the Bible. Um, but it says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So you have to have unity in your marriage, oneness in your marriage. That's so important. That's, that's why you left your mother and father. So you could be one with your spouse. Two become one, and they're together. They're together in everything. They're together in their goals in life. They're together in their finances. They're together in their spirituality. It, it, can't, be one, it can't be one person's way off the side and not the other person. Like, you have to be together. That's how God made it. You're together in this. So, so all this stuff, we talk about a lot of stuff when... Jules and I do a lot of pre-marriage counseling, so if we're going to marry people, then they, we force them to go through it. You know, that's kind of mandatory. We do a lot of the marriage counseling in the church, and this oneness thing is probably the biggest issue we always run into because nobody wants to be one with somebody else. They want to be individuals, and they just want the title of married, but they still want to do their own thing. doesn't work that way. It's not going to work that way. So Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision... The people are unrestrained. And in the Amplified, it says no revelation of God in his word. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law, the law of God. So I want to talk about this vision um, because, because one, we got to have a vision in our marriage, and God has to be at the center of it. See, that's the key. If you can keep God at the center of your marriage, it doesn't mean you're not going to argue and you're not going to have bad days. 
what it means is that with God at the center, it strengthens it. It makes it better. Okay, it makes it whole. Now, now you're listening to somebody else. You're listening to God. You're listening to the Holy Spirit about your marriage and not your buddy and their, their girlfriend and your buddy's buddy and people at work who they've been divorced five times and they're telling you, this is what you need to do. No, I'm good. You, know, you haven't proven right yet. Keep going. And not like I'm not poking at you. I don't, I don't know who's been divorced. Divorce is divorce. I get it, but I'm saying there's a way to move forward. There's a way to move forward and say, I'm not going to allow that in my life anymore. Okay, so we need, we need to have marriage with God at the center. Okay, so it's not a one-person show. And it ties right into that. You know, we can get into this, and I'll get into it later with being unequally yoked and all kinds of stuff. So I'm just trying to, to tease you a little bit in that one as we come back to it. But the goal is this, is that, that you should be in this together with God at the center. You should be praying for your spouse. And what I mean is that not just men praying for your wife, wives praying for your husband. It should be togetherness there. It, it should be a oneness there. Okay, so, so if you're looking for a spouse, are they prayers? Are they people who pray? Are they people who see God? That's a good test if you go out with somebody and you go to dinner and they don't even want to bless the food. If they won't bless the food, what else aren't they blessing? Just think about it. So what are you getting into? If you invite them to church and they don't come, that's a flag. So think about that when you're dating, but in a marriage, it has to be together. You have to spend time in the Word together. Pray together, spend time in the Word together. Read the Bible together. Watch sermons together. Find time together where you're hearing the same thing, and you can interact on that, and you can communicate with it and talk about it. Okay, that, that's part of that relationship. It's worship together. Do you worship together? That's so important. You know, do, do you come to church together? Do you worship together? Can you turn on worship music at your house and just be in the same room and worship together? It's a huge part of marriage. It's a huge part of letting God be in number one, putting him at the center. So, so how have you allowed God to be part of your marriage? And for some people, maybe the answer is, well, at that level, no. We haven't. So the goal is, here we are moving into 2021 what's your prayers what are we praying for you know it's never going to happen well, i'm not going to say it's never going to happen it, you have a lower chance of it happening if you don't take the step forward and say we're going to do this because it's awkward when you start doing these things if you've never done them before we've been there we've done that we've done the whole prayer you know go pray for your wife i'm like oh great i don't even pray for anybody else hey baby i'm gonna pray for you uh bless her jesus <laughs> you know good night and we're like okay that was good you know it's weird at first, but then as we did it, it turns more into to an intimate time to spend time together and to pray together. It brings that oneness together. See, that's the point. You're supposed to have unity. You're supposed to be one with each other. It shouldn't just be a, a Sunday church thing. Like, it isn't, well, we, we did our church this Sunday together, so that's good. I'll see you again next Sunday. <laughs> church again. Put it on the menu church first okay it's it's what are we doing throughout the week what are we doing throughout our lives to spend time together put God in the center uh, and walk forward in that so you have to have oneness there you have to have oneness you need to have a vision and a mission a purpose in your marriage like we're just not there to exist like what are your goals as a family what's your vision as a family where do you want to be what do you want what do you want to do what has God spoke to you about so why because you can't chase it if your spouse isn't chasing it and stay one you that separation Okay, we need you one. We need you together. So Genesis 128, 
This is where God's talking to Adam and Eve, and he says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. So Adam and Eve had a purpose. They had God gave it to them. He said, guess what? Have sex, populate. That's what he told them. We have a lot of people in this church that are taking that seriously. In fact, they're out right now. You know, babies everywhere. Want to know how to build a church? Young couples. <laughs> Marriage counseling. But that's it. They have goals. Look at, look at, Adam and Eve had that. God spoke that to them. So they already knew what they had to do. He even made it easy. He made them naked. <laughs> Come on. Like, how good is that? He gave them a vision. He said, I'm going to make it really easy for you. You're both naked. Go do what I told you to do. So that's all they had to do, right? That's it. That's all they had to do. And, and they worked together. So do you have a plan? Do you have a, a vision in your life as a married couple? Do you have a vision as, a, as an individual getting ready to, to search for the right person? What's that person look like? You know, what's that, what's that person look like as a, as a life, their lifestyle and, and, and who they worship? So, so in a family, that's it. You need to talk. So this all leads into communication. We're going to get into that later. I'm telling you, when I started reading this, I was like, man, I could spend a lot of time right there. I was like, oh, man. So, so here's one with this, though. Here's what you need to understand. Since... I love this. This is, this is kind of, we use this in our marriage stuff all the time. Like if you're fighting with your spouse, and I heard this, I don't know who said this, but it's so good because it applies to everybody. If you get in an argument with your wife, take off all your clothes. You can't argue when you're naked. It just doesn't work. Just letting you know. It is so hard to argue when you're naked. So try it. Because that's the oneness, I'm telling you. That's the oneness that... that <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing up here. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Welcome to grown-up church. But it's so true. Here's the good part, though. That's why it's so important there's oneness, because it says here in Genesis 2.25, it says, Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. See, that's the oneness. When, when you get married, when, when you find that person, it's you can be yourself. You, you can be your complete self with them, and there's no shame. And, that, and that's, that's worked out, though. That's not like you run into each other and it happens that way. But it's something that you grow in in marriage, and you, and you discover that, that you can be yourself with somebody. And, and that's really important that you understand that, that, that you have the freedom to be you in marriage. You have the freedom to be you when you're not married, but it really slows the process down of being married. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> just how it works i'm telling you man so you gotta remember the spouse is the deepest possible human relationship you can have on earth it's having a spouse they see everything they know everything they know you're good you're bad you're ugly they know it all okay so so it's so important that you say well i need that relationship because i can't do life alone but it is what i think about when you pick a spouse when you pick them look you you're picking the one person that you want to fight with the rest of your life because <laughs> you're just going to fight. It, it's just part of marriage. You're going to argue. So you're picking that one person that you get to spend the rest of your life arguing with. That person you get to show them um, how dysfunctional you are, right? That, so you're choosing that one person out of a billion that you can open up and say, here's my dif- dysfunctions. Like, <laughs> like I'm, this is me. 
Notice this is after being married, though. I'm not, don't do this beforehand. <laughs> Slows the process down. So, so do it after you're married. Okay, so that's so important. Um, that's so important that you walk through that. And then you get, uh, you've got to go through that process, but it, it's that being married, okay? So, so I'm just thinking, baby, you chose me. I love you. <laughs> Stuck with me. Come on. Stuck with me. So you have to have oneness in your in your marriage, and and how you get through all that other stuff is because it comes with commitment. It comes with covenant. See, that's the good part. That's why you can be yourself, because you've made that decision that you're it. You're the one and only. Not leaving, no matter what happens. That's a big one, because the Bible talks about oh, I can leave if there's this or this. I get it, but the Bible also says forgive and love. Okay, so so being married means you can make it through anything and if that's the expectation you can talk about anything you can communicate about anything you can be yourself there's freedom in that right it should never be how you feel or we shouldn't base it on that it's a commitment look you can't trade in people like you trade in cars because that happens you know you you're married to someone for a little bit and all of a sudden there's a shinier new model still smells new (laughs) Still looks new. There's no dings and scratches and scars on it. <laughs> you know, everything is new, and you're like, well, I want the new version. Or you start looking at, <laughs> you, you even start looking at other people and start comparing. But God said, no, this is yours. There's a commitment there. There's a commitment. You're there. See, we just tend to be stuck in what, what makes us feel good. It's all about the aesthetics. You know, that's, that's what it is. And we got to get over that. It's not what makes you feel. But what makes you feel good is actually will bind you up. It will, it will lock you in. It takes control of you. Freedom means that, that I can be free if I can walk in freedom by living out a commitment. See, there's freedom in a commitment. Because I know that no matter what, we're good. I don't have to worry about walking home you know, the, the next day and you're not there because we had an argument because we have a commitment that we're going to be together. So the freedom's in that. You just have to choose love, and that's so important that, that you can make it through everything, but every single day, some of the people, some people have been married, you know, longer. Now, we've been married 28 years. There's some people that have been married longer than us that we have in our married small groups. You guys are awesome um, that, that are in our married small And they'll tell you the first thing it is is you got to choose love every morning. You have to wake up every morning and go, I choose to love you. (laughs) Even what you did last night, I choose to love you. You're an idiot yesterday, but today I love you. It starts every single day. Every single day you make a choice that I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. So, We're supposed to love people the way God loves us. You should love your spouse the way God loves you. And think about all the stuff we do wrong to God every day. And he still loves us. We pretty much spit in his face. And he still loves us. So think about that. When you're in a commitment, when you're in a covenant with your spouse, it's forever. Which means, yeah, it might take counseling. It might take talking, working things out. But that's what it's all about. That's, of a billion people, you chose that one. And therefore, stick it out. Stick it out and do what you have to do. So I think about that with us because we've, we've want, we, you know, a lot of people know Jules and I, and we've been through all kinds of stuff, 28 years. You know, people go, man, we wish you guys look so awesome together and you're holding hands. And we're like, you want what we have, but you don't want to go through what we went through. 
you know, and it, it came through like a furnace for 17 years. <laughs> You're just like, it's hot. <laughs> you know, it's horrible. You know, I put her through so much stuff in her life and she's still here. It, but it's because we've decided that no matter what, we're going to stick this thing out. We're going to put God in the middle and we're going to let God do the rest. <laughs> put him in there. And he changes your heart. So you have to have oneness there. You have to have oneness. To have oneness, you gotta, like I said, quit comparing your spouses to other spouses, because that's the that's the easiest way to get off track. When you start saying, "Well, their spouse does that," look, I deal with it all. Look, Jim Paul is just killing me. <laughs> you know, Jim Paul hosts this men's group, and I'm like, Jim, you're like the perfect dude. It's like we can't hang out anymore. <laughs> We're not even gonna have dinner as families anymore, because. But but it's just true. Quit comparing yourself to somebody else and quit comparing your spouse to somebody else. It doesn't work that way. You, you have what you have. Okay, so I think about this. You have no options. Just like um, Adam had no other options. He had Eve. If it wasn't for Eve, it'd be a horse or a dog. <laughs> there was nothing else there. So God gave him Eve. So he had no choice but what? Work it out. And at first, I'm sure it was pretty easy because... They were naked. After that, though, then they were clothed. <laughs> that's when it became hard, right? That, that's the hardest part in your marriage. So, so you got to see this. He had no choices, but when there's no choices, you have no choice. If you say, you know what, no matter what, we're married, no matter what, that's it. You have no choice but work it out. And, and that's what it's all about. So we're going to touch on that later, too. Um, because, you know, it's, it's till death do you part, not till you have a bad day. A lot of people think it's, well, we had a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or a bad year, and so it's over with. No, it's still death do you part. I always, when I'm marrying people, I always add in there by natural causes. Because <laughs> people go, really, death? <laughs> Is that what it takes? You know, did have this infestation of mice in the house. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. So let's move on. So you have oneness in a marriage. You've got to give up your individuality. This is the next step. You got to give up your individuality. And you're like, what? Yes, you do. It's oneness. Okay? It doesn't mean that you you don't get to be your own person. God created us all different with a purpose and a plan. What it means is that that you now communicate, right, on any of that information. So if if you want to buy something, you just don't go out and buy it without talking to your spouse. I did that. I bought a new truck and surprised her. I traded in a car that was paid off. I was like, hey, baby, look what I bought. That didn't go over well. It's horrible. <laughs> that was years ago. Yeah, I wouldn't do that now, baby. We learn. <laughs> so so the, the thing is, is that you, you can be individuals because God made you individuals. So what it means is that you might have a hobby. You might have something that's fine. But you talk about that and you figure out a way to incorporate that into whatever you do. And, and, and it's a give and take. It's just not, no, I'm going to do this. You got married. You became one. It's no longer like I'm just going to go do whatever I want to do. It doesn't work that way. It, it, it's unity in that. And you no longer being an individual, but now you're a couple. So, so you have to submit all that to your spouse. Both sides, you submit it both 
ways. This is what I like to do. Well, I'm sorry, we can't do that. And if you're on the right goal, if you have a vision for your marriage, whether it be financially or whatever, then you have a goal. You have a path. You know what is good and what is bad. And sometimes it doesn't feel right. Sometimes it's not good when they say you can't have something or do something. But it's not a reason to leave them. Right? It's not a reason to leave them. So if you go into Ephesians 5, you know, it's great. I love Ephesians. It just covers all this stuff. But it's really, it's, it's titled Instructions for Christian Households. So when we talk about the, the oneness in, in a couple, you know, it starts out in uh, Ephesians 5.21. And it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So you actually submit to each other, not because it feels good, not because you said, excuse me, I do. It's out of reverence for Christ. Because you revere him. And you said, you know what? We did this underneath, under you. So when you say that, when you say your vows and you, and you do this under God, all of a sudden you're a prisoner to him. So, so, so you, you submit everything to him, under, under him. So you give it to him. So you submit to one another out of reverence for him. And then it goes down in 22. It says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. Okay, so there's a pause there. I know that sounds like, wait, I've got to submit myself to my husband. Yes. You don't know my husband. It's okay. It doesn't say unless they do this, 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 or this, or this. It says submit to your husband. It says, but then here's the, here's, here's the caveat on that. It says, it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, you probably wouldn't have a problem submitting to your husband if he was loving you like the church, like Christ loved the church. And he was giving his life to, to, to you. If he, if he was saying, I'll do anything for you, I'll focus on you, then it's easy to submit to your husband. Problem is, it doesn't work that way. It does, it's not like, well, if you do this, then I'll do this. It's no, we do this together. We just make a decision that, that we're going to, I'm going to love you like Christ loved the church, and you're going to submit, and we're going to submit together. See, this all falls in. It's, it's, and, and for men to get through this, they need to understand, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And it says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. We could stop right there and apply that to every vow. It keeps no record of wrongs because we're human. We make bad choices. We make bad decisions. And sometimes we just trip and fall in bad stuff. <laughs> but either way, it says there's no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So think about that. Are you protecting your spouse? So husbands, are you protecting your wife? Are you trusting your wife? Are you are you hoping and, and, and always hoping that if there's a problem, it's gonna, uh, God's going to take care of you? Are you submitting to that in prayer? See, this is, this is all part of it. So, yeah, wives submit to your husbands, but husbands, you got a big list right there of how you should be treating your wife. And we're going to get into that later on down the road. I told you, today I'm just giving you a little bits and pieces. I want you to come back for the rest. That's right. <laughs> so Ephesians 5 ties into that a little bit because it says, whoever or however, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband so that's the that's the thing and, and you know most men you know if you can love your wife like you love yourself then your wife will respect you but that should come no matter what and you should be able to talk about that and work on that 
but it does happen all at once. So, so we need to identify. Here's where it comes rough because we all have our own little quirks and issues in life because we are human. And this is where we, this is uh, this is always the but 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 what about this? And and, and well, what if they do this? Well, this is where this all comes in. It's a whole other topic, a whole other chapter in the book. But but we're going to identify. You have to identify those things as a couple. Identify those things. That, that have an opportunity to, to put a wedge between you and your spouse, uh, to separate you, to get you away from oneness. So you have to identify those things. Okay, and when I look at that, I go to the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs 2.15. It says, catch for us the, the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Because it's so easy to have a relationship that's on fire, that's doing great, and all of a sudden something small, something small can come in and start wedging itself in there. Okay, and it can ruin the entire harvest. It can ruin the best part about your relationship. So the goal is you have to catch them. How do you catch them? Communication. You need to talk. You need to talk about those things. Whatever your biggest struggles are in your life, what are your struggles as being an individual? What are your struggles as being married? Because what I found out is when couples come together in counseling, and it's like they start talking and they just start saying stuff and, and the other spouse is like I've never heard that before but they walk out of there one because they just shared everything and the only thing that changed was they had a mediator in there to listen to him and go okay it's not your turn you talk okay did you hear that okay now you talk that's all it takes it takes somebody to help guide them look at marriage counseling is so important it, you it's important for your life it's important for your marriage so important because your, your struggles are out there and maybe you don't talk about them. maybe your struggles are finances so so if that's your struggle if it's finances maybe you're a spender and the other the other spouse is a saver so maybe you don't have the right goal the right vision whatever that might be that's a struggle so as a couple you need to talk about how do we fix that how, how, how do we go through that how, how do we what, what do we put what are the guardrails we put up on the road so we don't go off the cliff it's all communication Maybe it's stress. Maybe you just don't handle stress so well. So you go to work, you get stressed out, you come home, and now all of a sudden your relationship at home is nothing because you just want to come home, get on the couch, veg, and watch TV. And your spouse is like, can we spend some time together? Like, can we talk about your day? Can we, can we, I'm stressed out right now. So, so if that's your struggle, that's your fox, you need to talk about that. How can we fix that? How, how can we capture that? Maybe it's sex. Maybe that's the one thing. Maybe it's you don't get enough sex. Maybe it's, the, the, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe it's, well, we never have sex. <laughs> but if it's in there, guess what? If that's a struggle, you got to talk about it. you got to capture that and say, why not? Let's talk about it. Like, like that has to happen. This is, this is part of marriage. It needs to happen. It's like air. <laughs> for, for everybody. Like, you, you, you got to have it. It's just part of marriage. So maybe it's kids. Maybe the kids are what stresses you out. So, yeah, you, you can't get rid of them. Remember, we already made that vow in the beginning. We said that's part of relationships. So you can't get rid of the kids, but what are you going to do? How are you going to plan your life around having kids? Because kids change a lot of things. They do. They, they All of a sudden, your time with your spouse has now become your time with all these kids and the spouse. And now, all of a sudden, your personal time with your spouse has been reduced. Okay, and that can cause a wedge. That can do all kinds of things. So, so how do you deal with your kids? Do you send them somewhere, you know, for a weekend once in a while so you can still have date night and you can still focus on you and your spouse? That's so important. So, so it might be your job. 
and not the stress part of the job. Maybe your job is what does because it's all about success to you. And you think the more you work, the better it is, but you don't realize that you have a spouse and that spouse married you because they want to be one with you and you're never around. And you're like, yeah, but that ties right back into the financial thing because if I don't work, they can't spend. <laughs> I know, I know all the little routes and it doesn't work that way. Just we talk about it. You come up with a game plan and say, how do we fix this? You have to identify the foxes. You got to identify them, develop a plan. And as a team, that's the good part. As a team, you can overcome. As a team, two are better than one. Okay, you, you, you can tackle it as a team instead of going, well, I can just fix this on my own. No, you can't. No, you can't. You need your spouse. Your spouse is the closest person to you. It should be the closest person. You can tell them anything. So whatever it is, that's who you talk about. That's who you talk with. And you go, well, it wasn't that way when we were dating. I know. You were lying when you were dating. That's what dating is. Dating's lying. Dating is to get your foot in the door, <laughs> get married, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is me. <laughs> you got it all and a bag of chips. You got everything. But here, here's what you need to understand. Satan didn't even show up in the Bible until they were married. Think about that. Until Adam and Eve were together, Satan didn't even show up on the scene. So why do you think it would be any different? <laughs> you get married, the enemy wants to stop that. The enemy wants to drive a wedge in between your marriage. It says in Genesis 3, 12 through 13, it says, um, this is where uh, um, God's walking through the Garden of Eden and he's like, something wrong, <laughs> something messed up. Like, and he's talking uh, to, to Adam and Adam's like, oh, you know, we're naked. And he was like, really? Like, who told you you were naked? Right, Uh, Because they didn't know what that was. And he says right here in verse 12, it says, The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. So immediately you see it. Yep, it's blaming. It's, It's not unity anymore. It's separation because the enemy came in already and said, Nope, it's separation. He says, The woman you gave me, God, why did you curse me with her? Right? And then so the Lord goes to the woman, and the Lord got, said to the woman, oh, what, what is it you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate it. So she blames it on the enemy. Now here's the, here's the worst part. They're all pointing fingers at each other. But I love this saying because Jim Paul uses it all the time. That's why he just ranks up there. He says, if, if men were where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be there, we wouldn't have problems in life. He preaches that to us as a men's group all the time. Be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Because Adam was supposed to be with his wife. If he was there, the serpent wouldn't came in and done it. But Adam was out doing something. He was busy. He was tending to something, doing something. Right? But if he was there where he was supposed to be, hmm, wouldn't have happened. So men, be where you're supposed to be at the right time when you're supposed to be there. So we're going to make mistakes. We have to identify that. Why? Because the enemy's coming in and, you know, we're human. (laughs) So we need to learn to forgive and move on. So there's really three stages to marriage. um, And I'm going to just touch on them and then we'll hit them later. Um, Because I love it. This is fun when I do it this way. So there's 
there's three stages. I'm going to start with the third stage, though. This is, a, this is a marriage that's full of true love and romance. That's the third stage of marriage, true love and romance. And everybody's like, I want that. You know, honestly, that's what, um, as your kids get older, and if you're walking in this together and you're doing life together, you know, hopefully they're seeing that in your life. And they're just like, that's so awesome. Like, I want to find somebody just like you guys. And you're like, no, I want so much better for you. Like, you don't want this, right? But, but that's what they see. So it's this, people see that and they want to know. They want to know, how do I get that? How do I get there? How, how do I have what you have, right? And you can't do that without going through the first two stages, okay? And the first stage is what we call the, the romance stage. This is when you meet. This is when you meet. And it's the first stage of marriage because you can't get off the phone. You know this one. You say goodbye. No, you say goodbye. No, you say goodbye. No, you say goodbye. And I don't know. We don't have phones anymore. So like that. So you're probably like, you say goodbye. (laughs) Emoji, 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 emoji. Like hang up emoji, hang up emoji. No, you hang up emoji. I don't know. I don't know what you have. You know, we don't play that game anymore. (laughs) You know, but. But whatever it is, it starts there. It starts there. Why? There's like this bliss. There's this um, romantic energy. Why? Because you don't know each other. <laughs> You're lying to each other. <laughs> You're like, no, this is really me. I always dress this way. I, wa- I wake up looking like this. this is- I'm the best cook ever. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to talk about pride another week. <laughs> <laughs> so but this is so good but it, i think about that this is the time of relationship where you don't burp or other things <laughs> you know you're just like whoo <laughs> can only spend so much time together <laughs> right because natural things don't happen you know in your body when you're dating right it's just not there that's saved for later but it's so good so so why do you have this stage though if you didn't have this stage of marriage, you'd never get married. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> like I said, if you were to walk in and see the person as the person right off the get-go, you'd be like, no. <laughs> you know, so, so we needed, I needed this stage in my life. So my wife would take me in <laughs> and cradle me and love on me. I was just a baby. But it's funny because this is it. And what you see in this is like, so you start this stage, maybe you get married in this stage, and then two years later you're coming in talking to us going, something's wrong. Like something changed. You know, everything's different. Nothing's different. They're the same person. They just have the freedom because now you're one to be who they are. And that's good. Does it mean it's comfortable all the time? No. But that's part of marriage. That's part of growing together and saying, okay, I accept the fact that you really aren't that smart. <laughs> like you were studying so hard before every date, weren't you? <laughs> you know, the fact that you don't really read books. No, but I read that one because you mentioned it. I just wanted to. So the only difference was you got married. And then when that happens, you get into this second stage, which is the power struggle. And that's the problem because you get in this power struggle where you think it's your way or the highway. You think it's my way is always right. It's right or wrong. And in marriage, there's no right or wrong when it comes to that. You're one. It's, it's I prefer one way and you prefer another way. It doesn't mean it's right or it's wrong. It's preference. So in a marriage, you've got to learn to even use the right language. Because if you say I'm right, 
that just started a big struggle. Now, now, now the boxing gloves come out because someone's going to defend their opinion. But you prefer one way and I prefer another. That's a preference. Even though my way's better, <laughs> it's a preference. So it's the power struggle. You know, this is where you start seeing the massive flaws in your relationship. It's like the love drug is gone. <laughs> You're like, that wore out. My, I don't know what happened to my prescription for that, but we didn't get that one refilled in the mail. <laughs> like, that, that traveled down. That place is closed all the time. We need to get out there, get that one delivered to the house. Um, so don't lose your love drug. But it's all that way. It's the wrong and you're right. So, so the thing is, it's you're not wrong. Okay, you're just different. We're different. We're all built differently. And, and we'll get into how different we are later. <laughs> but the point is, is that we are all different. Men and women are completely different. We're wired differently, right? The way we do things are different. We're supposed to be different. In fact, my wife and I, we're like opposites. And I need that in my life. She's organized and understands stuff. I don't understand anything, and I'm all over the place, right? And she keeps me focused. It's just how it is in our life. If I didn't have her, I'd go off the edge because I would think it's the greatest way to go. I'm going to drive that way, and she's like, there's a cliff. I'm like, okay, fine. You proved me wrong again. You Googled it, didn't you? (laughs) Quit Googling stuff in your marriage. It doesn't work that way. But yes. So we need to look at that. So man versus women. And this is the best way I can explain it. Um, so I think about the mind. So your mind has two sides. And women, oh man, you all have this super highway of like 14 lanes and 500 cars going back and forth, delivering information all the time. And it's just like, and men, we're like the old country road. <laughs> we're like, I'm just going straight. <laughs> I'm so happy that I'm going straight. Yes, this is working out well. And women are all over the place. They're multitasking. They can do it all. You know, it's a, uh, and men are good with one or two things, but man, I'm telling you, this is, this is real stuff. It's, it's hard to be a man sometimes because <laughs> we try to stay focused, but we're different, okay? And our minds are made up differently. That's just how it works. That's why, <laughs> I know, this isn't even a sex talk. But that's why when you come into the house and say your wife's at home and, and the the food's cooking on the on the stove and the kids are running crazy and there's the dog pooped on the floor somewhere and, and the laundry's going and it's just noise everywhere and you walk in, the first thing you say is, hey, baby, you want to have sex? <laughs> Our minds are so focused. Like we're just like one thing. Like that's that's what I want right now. It, one road. And, and women are like, are you kidding me? Do you understand everything that's going on in, in, in my life right now? I can't disconnect any of that stuff. A super highway. And men are like, no, no, I want one thing. When that one's over with, we can talk. <laughs> we can figure out everything else. But, but that's why it is. You know, we just don't understand it. And, you know, we have enough room, like I said, just for a couple things. And then after that, it's a boom. <laughs> We're done. Just forgive us for a little bit. We just It just works that way. But, you know, I guess the... Another, another example I have is, you know, if you put a bunch of boxes in your garage and they didn't touch each other, you just put a bunch of boxes. That's how a man operates. I'll focus on that box, and I'm going to fill it up. It doesn't touch anything else. And then maybe one day I'll walk over here and focus on this box. They're not connected. It doesn't matter. I can get this done. You know, and women are like a ball of Christmas lights 
all wound together, tied together, all knotted with all lights on. And if one bulb goes out, the whole thing's done. So think about that. This, they have all these thoughts going on. And if one thing goes bad, the rest of it's done. Like nothing else works. Like they're like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I just lost my, like the light bulb went out and this just ruined everything else right now that's going on. Because they're all connected. And men are like, I don't know. I just do that. Like we just solve it. Just put it in another box. Like what's your problem? We're, no, 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 no. I got to find the bulb. <laughs> you know, I, I don't operate. That's just a good example of how men and women are completely different <laughs> in what we do. Uh, that's why having a relationship with God is so important because we are so different and he is the one thing that's always going to remain the same. He's the one thing that's going to continue to keep us, you know, in line doing the right thing. So when we have a relationship with him, that becomes the center of our marriage and it keeps everything clicking, everything. So uh, we talked about, it, I think last week I might have brought this up, but Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says, uh, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So you, that's why it, you can come at it with the two of you, and that's better than none. But, man, when you get that third strand, you let the Holy Spirit come in and start operating in your marriage, it makes it so strong that nothing can break it. You'll get through anything. You can talk about things. You can pray together. You can worship together. You can. Um, it's just having God in the middle of it all. That's the key. That's, you know, that's what changed in our lives. It took us, well, 18, 17 years, and, and then we threw God in the middle of it, and it fixed it. And it was a process, but, man, it got so good because we weren't dependent upon each other. I wasn't expecting my wife, you know, to, to, to be my everything, and she wasn't expecting me to be her everything. But we struggle with that because there's, there's a lot of spouses that wake up in the morning thinking, you, you have to make me feel good. Like, you're the one that gets me going in the morning. Like, you are my everything. And we can't handle that. We're human. We can't have that weight on our shoulders to be the one that brings light to your darkness every day. That's why it's so important you have a relationship with God. He's never going to fail you. He's never going to leave you. He's always there to push you through that. But if you think that your spouse is the one that's going to get you through that, you're banking on the wrong thing. Okay, it's only God. God is the one that's going to push you through that. Man, you, you're, your spouse is just not going to make you happy. You just have a wrong expectation. So we need to change our expectations with our spouses and our relationships as we move into the new year. Okay, And we're going to be able to use and, and show people how good God is through our marriages. That's my goal. As we get through this, and then I, I'm, I'm hoping to see marriages that are struggling come back together and start growing in the right direction i'm expecting to see marriages that are already flourishing even keep moving start running start doing better things i'm looking for people that that um are single and they're looking to be looking for the right person and you never know who that is and 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 when you reprioritize all of a sudden god makes it easy he makes it easy because because you're seeking after the same thing it is so hard if you love god and somebody else loves god it's hard not to hang out really is so so if you have a problem finding the right person well you're in the right place <laughs> come to a church you know i have people walk into church before though and say where's all the women at <laughs> it's not for that but i'm telling you it's a great mentality to have to think that that if i find my next spouse you know then then i'm going to be in church if i'm going to meet somebody i want to meet them in church it doesn't mean that they're that they they live this perfect life it doesn't mean that they're even 
in a great relationship with God because they come to church. So you've got to actually take it beyond that. And, that, and but, but that's one of the priorities. Do you go to church? Check. All right, now let's get to know each other. What's your prayer life? What's your study time like? Where do you devote most of your time? And that, then you'll start seeing things kind of merge in the right direction. So we can make 2021 better. You know, we don't want to end. Let's, let, let's not start 2021 the way we ended 2020. So no matter where your marriage was at, let's move forward. Just like us as people. You know, I told you last week it was all about getting us from, from, from sitting up to crawling to walking to running. The same thing in your marriage. Same thing in your relationships. This ties with all the stuff I talked about already, with your kids, with your parents, with your siblings. Let, let's get moving forward in that. Let's start throwing God right in the middle of all that stuff, and let's see how 2021 can be so much better, can be so much better, because we can make it better. Okay, We can forgive. We can move on. We can have oneness in our marriage. It's up to us. We just have to make that choice to do it. We just have to make that choice to do it. Amen? Whew. All right, I told you we are going to get through it, and it was going to be all over the place, but I'm glad you stuck in there. Um, I love you all. <laughs> I do want to pray for some people today. Um, I think I, I just skipped a bunch of stuff because I figured I don't want to get into it yet. Um, I know Monica's going to come up and play keys at some point. I don't know where she went. She was waiting for my key, but I didn't give her the key. So there we go. we got some music in the back. That's all that matters. You know, even though we can come in and we can laugh and we can have fun and it doesn't seem serious, it's all serious. And the Bible's real. And God gives us his word. And he says, you need to apply that to your life. And that's why I try to share whatever I can share, but I want to make it in a way where you understand it. And sometimes it doesn't sound all politically correct. And sometimes it does, you're like, I can't believe you're talking about that in church. Well, if we don't talk about sex in church, where are you going to talk about it? Because there's a proper way to do it, and it's just, it is what it is. Um, in fact, when we actually cover that one, whenever I get to that one, we won't get all the teens in here. <laughs> they all need to hear it from the right way. They need to hear it from what God says about it and not about what their friends say about it. But it's so important that, 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 we, that we just induce this into our lives, into our relationships, into our marriage. So I want to pray with you today. And there's people watching online, and I know you might be in it too, that you just, you're, Maybe there's people just seeking a relationship. Maybe you've been through that. Maybe you've already walked the path once or twice or however many times, and you're just like, man, I just don't seem to hit it off. Well, I'm going to ask you this. is If you've done that, have you, have you induced God into it? Have you literally said, I'm going to give it all, which means well, I'm going to surrender to God in my marriage. And now you're out of a marriage, but now you're looking. Well, that's fine because now here's the thing. I ask you to just reprioritize what you're looking for. Get your life right first. You've got to be right first with God. And then start searching. And start searching with, with an idea and a vision and a goal of who God wants for you. And, and, and you're going to find them. So I'll be praying for you. I want to pray for forgiveness. Forgiveness in your hearts as you deal with, maybe as we go through this and you start thinking about your parents and how you had to deal with your parents. Maybe it's your kids. Uh, how am I going to, you know, restore relationships in my life? You know, that's going to take forgiveness on both sides. Okay, you're going to have to humble yourself. So I'm going to be praying for you that, that, that you have the courage and the power to move forward with that, with your, with your families. And maybe it's just your, your marriage, and you're saying it's just been rough, and we're struggling. And we've struggled before and made it through it. I just want to show you a better way to make it through it. I want to show you the, the ingredient that can make it so much better. 
maybe that's what it is. So I don't know who this is for, um, but I always ask that. So, you know, we can have every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to be praying. And if that's you, if this touched you in some way, if you said, you know what, I can apply this and I need to apply this. And I'm actually looking forward to this series and seeing how God can use this and, and what God can do in my life. Can you just raise your hand so I know I'm talking to the right people? Awesome. I see it. I see him. I see him. I see him online, too. I can feel it. So, Father, you saw the hands. You, you saw the hearts and minds of those that didn't raise their hand, God, the ones that just wouldn't do it. And, Father, we know that, uh, man, what you want to do right now is so powerful, God, as we as we build this unity, this oneness in our relationships. So, Father, I just, I just lift up those right now that are seeking, those that are trying to find a relationship. God, I ask you to, to guide them and lead them in the right direction. Father, let it be appointed by you, Father. Uh, we, we know that you have a plan and a purpose. So, God, we ask that, that right now that, that you just touch them in a mighty way and, and show them your love first, Father. So we pray that they, they seek you first, that, that that, Lord, that they become strong within you before they even start searching for a spouse. And then, Father, we ask that you make that known to them, Father. You just continue. It doesn't matter how long it goes sometimes. Just, just Lord, we're going to continue to seek you in that. And, Father, I pray for those that are trying to uh, fix relationships with their kids, with their parents, with their, um, and just with their, their siblings, whatever it may be, God. I ask you that you, you give them that courage to, uh, to show forgiveness and ask for forgiveness father that that you allow your love to just encompass them and embody them as they move forward with that lord that that whoever they're they're trying to reconcile a relationship with god that you'll be all in that right now that father you'll, you'll help with that unity that oneness so father we just give you authority to do that god and those marriages that need you right now god we surrender to you god we ask you to come into each marriage in this church father each each marriage in the, in the sound of my voice god whatever it may be father we we ask you to come into each one of them father god to let let your presence be known let your love be known father oh lord we just can't do it without you god we can't do it without you we're tired of trying so lord we just ask you to come in and, and just change these change these marriages change these relationships for the good father as we move forward in 2021 just give that all to you God you have your will you have your way in our lives in Jesus name amen the second group I want to pray for today and that there might be people here today that and they got to still work on that first relationship you know none of this works if you don't have a relationship with him none, none of it works unless you own the car you can't drive it around if you don't own it all right so, so you got you got to have that ownership. You got to you got to man surrender your life to Him. So maybe that's you, and maybe you're just like, look, I don't even have that. I've come to church. I, I understand the church. I understand the Bible, but I've never surrendered my heart to Him. I've never said, God, be number one in my life. Be my number one priority. And if you're watching online, maybe it's you online. So if that's you this morning, we want to pray for you. We want to take the first step in that, the very first step. And and all that is is surrendering your heart to Him. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And you say, saved from what? Saved from death. The Bible says that, that if you sin, the price of sin is death. That's what the Bible says. So you will die. But luckily he sent his son Jesus down to die in your place. So if you accept Jesus in your heart, he paid that penalty for you. Somebody's going to pay the penalty. It's either you or Jesus. So you have an opportunity today to give your heart to him and say, I want him to pay that penalty for me so I don't have to. 
I want to spend eternity with God. So if that's you this morning, we're going to say a prayer together. I'm not going to call you up here. We're going to say a prayer together. Um, all you have to do is, is say that prayer with your mouth, but then actually believe it in your heart. Okay, and when you do that, you're going to start seeing God show up, and you're going to start seeing change. You're going to start seeing God move in your life because you're going to submit to it. And then we're going to help you through that process. So if that's you this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, and you just say, you know, I need Jesus in my life. I want to surrender to him. Can you just raise your hand? Anybody online? I can feel it online. I see it. I see it. I see it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We see it. So, Lord, oh, come on. You see the hands, Father. You see the hearts, Lord. We're going to repeat this repeat this prayer after me we're just going to say this as a church say Jesus I need you kept you out of my life for too long can't do it on my own change me come into my life be my savior I know you died on the cross and rose again just for me today I surrender my life to you in Jesus name Amen and amen. Come on, y'all. God is so good. God is so good. So if you said that prayer, then uh, please fill out a Connect card. Let us know. We, we do have resources. I'm telling you, we've got some phenomenal resources at the church. So we have books for you, and uh, we want to talk to you, and we want to talk to you about the next step. We want to pray with you. Look, you're not in this alone, and that's part of discipleship. Is you just So you just can't say this and then continue doing life the same way and, and it's hard when you don't know what to do so we want to help you through that so if you said that prayer fill out a connect card let us know okay maybe you didn't raise your hand that's fine but if you said that prayer you didn't have to raise your hand but if you said that prayer fill out a card let us know so we can reach out to you and just say hey we want to pray for you we want to show you the next step and help you along the way because that's what's so important you're not in this alone um so thank you jesus for that and i appreciate y'all i'm excited about uh the upcoming Series. I don't know how long it's going to be. Hopefully it's a little more organized than today. Uh, Kevin, you want to come up and, and, and receive offering? Um, while he's coming up, I'll just let you know that uh, because it's the new year, we have changed our giving platforms, and we'll start implementing that next week. So I'll give you all kinds of heads up with that. And, um, you know, we have, we'll have new ways to give next week, and, and we're not canceling the old way for a little bit. So if you're still online, you're like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Things are changing for the good. We're going to save some money, be better stewards of what God's doing. So, um, But I'll turn it over to Kevin. I appreciate y'all. See you next week. Amen. All right. Y'all put your hands together. Come on. I just know you're lucky uh, Brandon Purdue wasn't in here. He would have been hollering and everything. But uh, I'm just thankful to be in the house of the Lord today. I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for our church uh, I'm just so proud of us, honestly, I, I really am. I'm proud of our church and your heart to give. Uh, if this is your first time here at the church, uh, please don't feel pressure to give. This is just for everyone who calls Destiny Church home. Uh, but if you want to worship with us, uh, here at Destiny Church, we believe giving is a part of our worship. Uh, but I am proud of you. I want you to know that I love you, that we are proud of you. Uh, it's because of you that we get to give, not only to the city, to the, to the state, uh, people in this country, but all over the world. Seriously, your giving impacts people all over the world. Uh, from Mexico to Africa, we have seen God move through Destiny Church in a mighty way, y'all. 
a mighty way. And I'm excited to let you guys know that next week we will actually have videos and pictures. Come on, somebody put your hands together of those kids in Africa. So we're going to have pictures for you next week. Uh, But as you get ready to give, I just want to remind you of what your giving is doing. So I'm really grateful for you guys. I'm really thankful for you. I was reading in 2 Chronicles, and I was just reading how David was giving to the Lord. And as David was getting ready to pretty much die, and he was setting his son Solomon up to build the temple of the Lord. And he took up an offering, it says. The Word of God says he took up an offering. And it says that not only did he give so much gold and silver that, I mean, it was hard to count. But then he went into his personal treasure and he started to give all this gold and silver to to build the the temple of the Lord. Uh, And it was just amazing to see because the leaders, he called an offering and the leaders came one by one and just started to bless and started to give. For the work that was at hand. And it was just an amazing thing to see how unity and how united they were in their giving. And I'm grateful for all of you because you are also united. uh, And I'm just grateful. So let's just pray. Father God, thank you, Father. We thank you for this day that you've given us. God, I thank you for every heart in this place. I thank you that you've made us a people that love to give, God. Thank you that you've created in us a heart after your own heart, God. God, we ask that you would continue to work on our hearts, that you would continue to bless your people, Father God. I thank you, Father, as, and I declare, God, that as they give, that you would bless them, God. Bless them in their spirit, God. Bless their emotional health, God. Bless their physical health, God. Bless their spiritual health, God. In the name of Jesus, Father, would you remember them for good, Lord? And I bless, God, everything that they would give. I bless their offering and their tithes, God. I bless it in the name of Jesus, and I ask that you would do mighty works with it, God, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Uh, Our ushers will be at the doors. You guys can give as you walk out. And as always, if you need prayer for anything, our leaders and pastors will be here in the front. Our prayer partners will be ready to pray with you. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week.